Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those red swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data com needs. Here we go. Now. Matt Pauley on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. We have arrived to Friday. Welcome into a Graybar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. It is fantastic to have you with us this evening. Hopefully, we're going to have you all night long because we'll do two hours of Sports Open Line and then we'll jump right into coverage of St. Louis Cardinals baseball as they open up a three-game series in L.A. against the Dodgers tonight. As always, if you want to get involved in the program, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. You don't have to follow me to tweet at me, but I always appreciate the folks that uh, do choose to uh, follow me on Twitter. We've got a lot coming up on the program. This is a jam-packed two hours here on a Friday night. Uh, we're going to be joined by Alex Coyle from the Memphis Redbirds in uh, about 10 minutes or so as uh, we'll talk about everything going on uh, with that team. Jordan Walker made his AAA debut yesterday. Adam Wainwright's going to be making a start with the Redbirds. That team is stacked in terms of uh, top 30 prospects. So uh, he is going to join us in just a little while. We'll preview the uh, City SC match coming up uh, at 635 when uh, one of the all-time great soccer players uh, who's now part of the uh, coverage at uh, MLS Season Pass on Apple TV, Marcelo Balboa, is going to join us at uh, 635. Next hour, a couple guests as well. Uh, Fabian Ardea from The Athletic covers uh, the Dodgers will join us and uh, Sir Soccer, Mil- Bill McDermott, joins us at 735. It's kind of funny. So I have been the guy kind of on an island that's been okay with these Apple TV games like the Cardinals are playing tonight. I might be changing my tune just a little bit about tonight's game compared to the way I felt last year. I'll explain that coming up uh, next hour. I know that was, of everything I've said in my relatively short time here at KMOX, I feel like that might be the thing that's most controversial or at least has gotten the most response. So if you are somebody who has been completely against me in that, I would encourage you to be listening about an hour from now, just after 7 o'clock. And by the way, I think there's a... um, 
a significant difference, by the way, in what Apple is doing with the MLS package, which is fantastic, versus what they're doing with the baseball package, which there is a subtle difference from last year to this year, prompting my change of belief. So we'll get into that coming up uh, next hour. Just looking ahead to this weekend, the pitching matchups between the Cardinals and, and the Dodgers Every single game has at least one high-profile pitcher involved in the game. Tonight, Jack Flaherty against Dustin May, and both those guys are pretty good. I do think Jack Flaherty is a high-profile uh, pitcher. I think you could probably maybe put Dustin May into that category as well. And then tomorrow, Jordan Montgomery against Clayton Kershaw. And then on Sunday, uh, Jake Woodford goes, and it's going to be Noah Syndergaard on the mound for the Dodgers. Syndergaard's gotten off to a slow start with the Dodgers. He's just 0-3 with a 6.58 uh, ERA. But this is going to be a fun series between these two teams, and we'll see whether or not the Cardinals can take some momentum from that uh, Game 3 win against the Giants yesterday. As far as City SC goes, they are going to uh, match up against Portland tomorrow night, Vantage Credit Union game time, 7.30 at City Park. It'll be heard on our sister station, Y98. City's going to be playing without Klaus. He is out. Uh, he's dealing with a bit of an injury. That's going to change what they need to do and uh, probably changes their ability to score goals. They have been one of the top goal-scoring teams in the MLS so far this year. And uh, what they do without Klaus and how they change things, that's going to be interesting. And really, that's going to be one of my key questions when I talk with uh, Marcelo Balboa later on this hour and then uh, Bill McDermott coming up next hour. As always, if you want to join us, as I said, the phone number, the site call, the site text, 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900, or you tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Up next, we are going to head to Memphis, and we are going to talk with Alex Coyle. He is the voice of the Memphis Redbirds. We'll get his thoughts on Jordan Walker. We'll get his thoughts on Adam Wainwright, and much, much more. It's all coming up. This is the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley. This is KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This is America's Sports Voice. KMOX. 
Graybar Sports Open Line continues here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley, taking you until 8 o'clock with this program, and then we'll get underway with St. Louis Cardinals pregame at about 8.15 tonight. They match up against the Dodgers, a 9-10 first pitch, Jack Flaherty against Dustin May. Uh, there's always reason to pay attention to what's going on with the Cardinals AAA affiliate, but, man, it feels like there's even more reasons this year. Uh, most recently, Jordan Walker getting uh, sent down. Adam Wainwright's going to be making a rehab start. This team is stacked in terms of, I said top 30 prospects earlier, four of the top five prospects in the organization as ranked by MLB Pipeline are currently on the Memphis Redbirds roster. Just a stacked roster, and we're very happy to welcome on the broadcaster for the Memphis Redbirds. He is Alex Coyle. Alex, thanks for taking some time with us today. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Uh, let's start with Jordan Walker. I don't know if you guys were shocked to, to get him. Probably, you know, after his you know two week start to the season, I don't think many people in Memphis thought that they would be seeing him as a as a Memphis Redbird. But uh, a tough start for him in his first game, going zero for four with a couple strikeouts, a couple groundouts. What is kind of the approach with him now as he tries to make some changes then that they saw from some flaws maybe in it that were exposed at the big league level. Well, he's going to come down here and uh, get a good chance to work with hitting coach Howie Clark on, on the adjustments that Oliver Marmol uh, mentioned to him uh, before he was, was sent down the other day. I think he's going to uh, get some really good time in the outfield, get some every day at bats, and just be able to, to get back to that 12-game hitting streak, be himself, and, and uh, have a guy like Mason Wynn right next to him that knows him so well to lift him back up. Yeah, you look at this team, Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, Gordon Graceffo, Matthew Libertor, uh, Michael McGreevy was uh, just recently called up. We we could go on and on. I mean, this is this is as stacked of a roster as you're going to see from a prospect standpoint. How much fun is it just to watch all these future Cardinals uh, as they're on the cusp of the big leagues playing on an everyday basis? I mean, it's just tremendous. Last year, of course, there, there was a point in time where we had 15 guys make their major league debuts up with St. Louis. Uh, tied with the A's, I think it was, that was about two months into the season, and you know to go with from last year to what we have this year, and just the the names, the high draft picks, the the talent that we have. I mean, defensively, any given night you're running out four middle infielders uh, on the infield. Uh, sometimes when Junio Caracuto can slide over to first base. Luke and Baker, a guy that you know some people uh, may not know the name, but he is just absolutely mashing down here at AAA this season. Had 21 home runs last year, already has nine this season. He's homered in three straight games for the second time this season. Uh, he's playing a tremendous first base, batting uh, in the top ten in the league, and walking more than he's striking out. So even some of the guys that maybe not won't pop on that list are, are still tremendous uh, for this ball club. Yeah, you mentioned Baker. He played really well in Grapefruit League games. He got a ton of at-bats during uh, spring training in big league games, and he did anything but embarrass himself. But it's really tough to be a first baseman in the Cardinals organization when Paul Goldschmidt's playing there on an everyday basis. And the one knock on, on Baker is the fact that he can't really go play any other position. He's a, he's a first baseman or, or a DH, but he's a first baseman only, and that limits his opportunities in St. Louis. But at some point you'd have to think maybe some other organizations start to take note of what this guy's doing. That's exactly right. I think there are uh, maybe a handful of organizations that, you know, he wouldn't be up at the major league level right now, the way he's been playing and, and, you know, his, the way he's progressed, but he's such a smart guy. 
uh, on and off the field and uh, the way he goes about it and his approach, he wants to be a lot more consistent this season. He had some really hot flashes last year, then he'd have a really struggling week. Something that he spoke to me at length about wanting to be more consistent, putting up the, uh, you know, maybe not the numbers, but in terms of the, the process of his at bats. Is he hitting the baseball hard? Is he making contact? Is he seeing pitches? Uh, the entire month of April so far, he, he's been on the on the correct end of that. That's for sure. There was perhaps no player who was more impressive in spring than Mason Wynn, and he got to Memphis, yeah. kind of had a slow start, then he bumped up a little bit, then he had slowed down again here recently. He's kind of uh, gotten going. What what have you seen from him as he is uh, – right now he's hitting about 220, but that doesn't tell the whole story of what he's done this year at AAA. I think the biggest thing for him is that he's the same guy every single day, whether he goes 0 for 4 or whether he goes – four for four with a home run and a triple. I mean, he he comes ready to play. He's always got a smile on his face. He's upbeat. He speaks the game so well. It's a, an angle for me that, you know, dealing with the media and setting up interviews and stuff for him, I get to see how he goes about, you know, answering questions and and speaking uh, the game. The IQ level is right there. And then, oh yeah, he's got a cannon of an arm. He had a relay here at AutoZone Park a couple of weeks ago that he had 99 miles an hour from shallow center field through a strike uh, to Yvonne Herrera, the catcher. Didn't throw the runner out, but still 99 on the radar gun. Uh, as a shortstop from, from shallow center field is fairly impressive. His bat's going to be there. Uh, he's going to make adjustments. Guys go through slumps, but uh, he's right up there in the team lead in base hits with Luke and Baker, uh, even with that low 200 average. So he's right there. His process is great, and he's a tremendous infielder to have on the roster as well. Gordon Graceffo has been uh, relatively impressive. I know he's on the mound to, uh, today as he is uh, pitching. But, uh, I mean, you look at him, again, as a, one of these top 30, top five prospects for the Cardinals. And uh, he was – a lot of people took note of what he had to do during uh, spring training. He looked pretty good. And uh, he has had a, a nice start, especially you look at uh, some of those strikeout numbers where he's averaging uh, a strikeout per inning. The average against is, is pretty solid. Uh, another guy – Cardinals fans are – so focused on pitching right now because maybe the uh, starting pitching has left a little bit to be desired at the big league level. And one of those names that does get mentioned is Gordon Graceffo. It feels like he's maybe a little ways off from the big leagues, but so far so good for him. Yeah, he's been awesome. Uh, His command has been really, really good uh, when he slows things down in his starts. And what, what impressed me the most in his most recent start here at AutoZone Park was the fastball velocity, kick, taking it up to, to 97, 98 on a couple of occasions uh, to get those strikeouts that you were mentioning. He can really freeze guys with that pitch. It, it's kind of interesting to say that you can get frozen by a fastball, but that's really been the reaction that, that a lot of, especially left-handed hitters, have had against him. And you know, you, speaking on pitching, the entire pitching staff that we have down here uh, it just has tremendous stuff. They've been uh, performing very, very well. Uh, guys like Libertor, McGreevy uh, made his AAA debut earlier this week. Uh, Connor Thomas has bounced back very nicely in his last three starts after two rough ones. A guy that was uh, co-pitcher of the year in the Arizona Fall League. So it's just the, the roster is loaded, as you mentioned, and it's awesome to see guys uh, come to the stadium ready to play every single day. 
With Matthew Liebertor, he had success there last year, got to the Cardinals, didn't have a whole lot of success, had some things to work on, got to spring, had a very impressive spring, and then has had a great start at Memphis where if the Cardinals needed another starting pitcher, he's probably that next guy that gets selected. How different has it looked? And what is you know, sometimes when you have that second time in AAA, uh, you're, you're doing things a little bit different, you're working on different things, and it really feels like uh, Liebertor has taken another step this year. He, he looks stronger out of the gate. He looks more in mid-season form here earlier in the season. And, you know, he'll tell you the reason why is because he, he was uh, consistent and regimented heading into spring training and through spring training. Um, he, he had plans for, for how many innings he was going to throw on any given day. It wasn't, you know, go up to a, uh, a game and back up and throw an inning here, inning there in the big league games. He knew what he was going to do. He was consistent. Uh, he came in ready to go, and that's shown with the fastball velocity. He's much more consistent with the breaking pitch. The curveball has been awesome for him. Uh, sometimes he has a tendency to, when he doesn't finish his, his pitches, he leaves it up and into lefties and, and up and away to right-handers. But he's been getting great dip on that pitch. And, and his entire mix, is, he's been throwing it for strikes, and missing barrels, which is big for him. Adam Wainwright's going to make a rehab start with the club. i got to think that people are disappointed with the way the schedule works out, that the team's not going to be in home for that. <laughs> it would have been cool to see Wainwright. Uh, you know, People in Springfield got to see him once. Uh, it would have been nice to see him uh, pitch in Memphis. But nonetheless, always fun, always cool when one of those guys is able to come down and rehab with you. Yeah, it's just tremendous. Uh, this year's our 25th anniversary of uh, Redbirds baseball here in Memphis, and uh, at some point, we're going to do a baseball card giveaway of some of the, the heroes that have come through Memphis uh, and played for the Redbirds. And I was going through some of the pictures uh, to, to put on his card earlier uh, this month. And, uh, you know, just seeing him in that throwback Memphis uniform and now that he's going to come back uh, and what uh, most likely will be his final season. And, you know, hopefully everything goes well to where he can be pitching in St. Louis in his most uh, recent appearance following that. Um, but, you know, everything points to, to him having a good start on Sunday and being ready to pitch at the big league level. He is uh, Alex Coyle. You hear him uh, doing uh, the Memphis Redbirds games uh, as he serves as their lead broadcaster. Alex, thanks so much for the time. We'll uh, check in again with you uh, sometime uh, moving forward. Sounds great. Anytime. Uh, thanks for having me. You bet. There's Alex Coyle joining us here on the program. Appreciate him taking a few moments with us. You can follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Alex underscore C-O-I-L. And uh, he does a great job with uh, the Memphis Redbirds broadcast and appreciate him giving us uh, some thoughts. Got a text message in. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900, asking if there's a timetable for bringing Jordan Walker and his bat back to the Cardinals lineup. Up. Uh, Two things have to happen. First off, they sent him to Memphis to very specifically work on a couple things, and those things that he needs to work on were accentuated in his line score from yesterday. They want him to have a, a better, not chase as many pitches, so have a better, uh, be better with the strike zone because his strikeout numbers were really going up, and they don't want him to hit as many ground balls. They want more loft. They want more line drives. They want him putting the ball uh, in the air, hitting it hard in the air, doubles to the wall, home runs. And yesterday, what did he do? He had two strikeouts, and he had two groundouts. So the numbers to watch on Walker 
are are not as batting average, are not uh, some of the baseball card numbers. The numbers to really watch are how often is he not striking out would probably be the way to say it, and how often is he not grounding out. And as those numbers, as the strikeout percentage and the ground ball percentage start to go down, that's going to be the indication that the work they're doing is working. This is one of the things, because people look at his numbers that he had at the big league level and say, why is this guy getting sent down? And this is where development plays into decisions. Because, yes, the Cardinals need to have people at the big league level who are are giving them an opportunity to win and coming up with big hits, yada, yada, yada. But with a guy as young as Jordan Walker, this is a really, really important time in his development, and you need to make sure that he is somewhere where he can develop into the best version of himself. You've invested too much. The ceiling is too high on a Jordan Walker for him to be at the big league level and you not be able to do what you really need to do to fix some things to get him to be the best version of himself. Because sometimes when you're fixing those things, the raw numbers are not great. And you don't want to sit with that at the big league level. At the same time, something we've talked about a lot, this also is going to give the other outfielders more consistent playing time. And that's important, too. So it's really a two-pronged thing here, uh, making Walker the best version of himself and putting yourself in position to get the best from the uh, the other outfielders. If you want to join us, uh, you can do so, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me as well. Marcelo Balboa, one of the all-time great soccer players, now part of the team over at MLS Season Pass and Apple TV+. Plus. He'll join us in just a moment. We'll talk all things St. Louis City SC with him. That's coming up in just a moment. It's Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goldsmith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Able to get a cross off. Balboa with the ball. It was April 22nd of 2000 when Marcelo Balboa was playing uh, for the uh, Colorado Rapids, and he had this bicycle kick that was named the MLS Goal of the Year in 2000. It is still considered one of the best goals in league history if you've never seen it. Just Google his name, and that's like the first thing that's going to pop up for you. It is an amazing goal. I'm sure he talks about it a lot. We'll see if he talks about it right now. He joins us on the program. Marcelo, thanks so much for uh, taking some time. Uh, you're part of the team now with uh, MLS Season Pass and Apple TV+, and uh, we uh, appreciate you taking some time today with us here on Sports Open Line. No, anytime. I appreciate you guys having me. And believe it or not, I don't talk about it that much. So, <laughs> Really? People don't bring it up to you that often? People bring it up a lot, and uh, it's it's kind of a weird thing because I got a concussion in the first part of the game, so I didn't remember. I still to this day don't remember the goal. I see it, but I don't like remember scoring that goal that day because I got knocked out in the first few minutes of the game. That's uh, so. 
is there almost a negative connotation to it for you, or is it, a, is it still a good thing? <laughs> it's all a good thing, man. Okay. To, to score a goal like that is like a, is like a dream come true. So it just uh, it was unfortunate that I got a concussion, but uh, it's all good, man. It's all good. Okay. Yeah, it's really I, people should find it on YouTube. It's a it's a it's a fantastic play. Uh, you've you're, you're very familiar with what uh, City SC is uh, doing. What's been kind of your takeaway of this this expansion team coming out of nowhere and turning into uh, from a record standpoint one of the top teams in MLS? Uh, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I I think everybody at the beginning of the year didn't know what to expect. We saw this beautiful new stadium. We saw all these things. On the field, we didn't know what to expect. And little by little, I think they started opening people's eyes. Little by little, you started seeing what they had and what they were building with the coach, So with Bradley. So um, I, now I'm not surprised. This is my third game that I've done of St. Louis, the way they move the ball, the way they, they fight for each other, they scratch for each other. They're a hardworking team. So – now that they're 10 games into the season, it doesn't surprise me to see where they're at. What is what is their legitimate kind of ceiling? I, I think City SC fans at this point are saying this is a playoff team, kind of that next step is being in the top four, getting a, a home game at the start of the playoffs. There's been some talk about can this team make a deep playoff run. What, what do you view as, as their ceiling based off the way they've played so far? Um, you know, I, everybody's got a high ceiling. I think they do too. Um, uh, they've got to stay healthy, and we know that Klaus isn't healthy this week. Um, it's a long season. You're going to see, you're going to see St. Louis go up and down, and first place, second, and third, they'll go back up. So it, uh, for me, it depends on what they do on the transfer window, and and how if they can stay healthy the second part of the season because between U.S. Open Cup, League Play, uh, Leagues Cup. There's a lot of things going on, and it's a long season. So I think expectation, realistically, right now, you got to say this is a this is a playoff team. They did not play especially well uh, against Colorado. That finished in a in a one one draw. They uh, there was a late goal for Colorado. They almost stole it, but they they really got outplayed yep. from from start to finish. When you look at maybe like the, their last two matches that dominating win against Cincinnati and then following that up with not a great performance against Colorado. What do they need to get back to in this matchup against Portland this weekend? Um, listen, I'll, I'll I did the Colorado game last week in uh, St. Louis. And you know what? A sign of a good team is you're not always going to play well, but you're going to find a way to get a result. And that's what they did. They struggled in the first half, but Berkey came up fantastically with a bunch of saves to keep them in the game. When they had their opportunity, they took it, they scored the goal, and made Colorado chase the game. So uh, I think that's a huge point for them because they didn't play extremely well, but they were able to get out of there with a result. So I think that's important. I think the one thing is people keep forgetting it's at altitude. It was a little cold. So for me, they need to get back to what they normally do, and that was you know, drop into that low block, middle block, make teams feel uncomfortable, hit them quickly with direct balls into their forward. And, uh, and go back to what they were doing. And you know how it is. Anytime you play at home, there's a different field. If you're able to get a point on the road and win your home games, you will be an MLS playoff team. You mentioned Klaus not playing. He's going to miss this weekend. We'll see whether or not he's going to be back for the for the next match. It's going to be, be tight. They're saying seven to ten days, so we'll have to wait and see. But um, 
he he's their top goal scorer. He's the, that guy that they really set up uh, to be in position to score goals. What do you expect them to change, and how do they uh, account for not having him in the lineup? Well, they've, they've got some options. You know, they can move a few things around depending on what the coach is looking for. If you go back to Seattle, they play five in the back. They could switch it up. It just depends on what they feel comfortable. But I think when you look at uh, Ostrock and you've got a few guys that are quality players that you can slide right in to fit in anywhere, uh, you can, and that's the beauty of having a little bit of depth on your team. You're able to slide people in. You're able to slide people out. You're able to give people a break. So um, I, I don't expect a lot of radical changes. I expect a few changes like always. And uh, and hopefully, you know, you never know. Maybe Klaus shows up tomorrow and he comes off the bench. Who knows? They always say that you've only got a, a certain number of minutes on your legs each week. And they did play a, a U.S. Open Cup game this week. Not everybody played, but there are going to be some, yeah. some individuals who uh, played in that that are going to play this weekend. How challenging is it when you have these unconventional weeks where there's a couple games in there? Um, it's difficult. You've got to manage minutes and uh, – and as you saw last week against Colorado, minutes were managed by players. Uh, for the Open Cup games, minutes were managed. And this week, the same thing will happen. So um, it's the beauty of, of the coaching staff with, with Berkeley. Uh, everybody has a plan of how many minutes you can give each player, especially with the GPS pods that they wear now. The, the analysis of this, the data that they have, they can figure out who's got a higher workload, who's got a lower workload, who can play more who can play less, and they can manage the workload. And that's something that's huge over the last 10 years of soccer. Because when we played, there was no data. It was you play every game, and, and that was the end of that. So the technology here and how they can manage the players and, and, and keep the players fit is pretty remarkable. When you were playing from an emotional standpoint, is, what, what's the value? Like, is I'm, try, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the U.S. Open Cup because it's a big deal, but at the same time, there's going to be some established MLS guys that don't really participate in it so much. It's in the middle of the season. I think American sport fans sometimes have a hard time kind of understanding all of a sudden playing another tournament right in the middle uh, of the year. For the players, how do they go about the way that they respect or the way that they handle the U.S. Open Cup games? Um, I think everybody handles it different. You know what I mean? I, I don't think there's a right and a wrong way. Uh, we've seen teams, and I've been doing this for – and played in this league, so it's been 27 years since I've been involved. I've seen teams in the first few rounds play a more reserved team, given the guys that need minutes. The later it goes in, once you get into that quarterfinal, semifinal in there, especially the quarterfinal, you start seeing teams playing full squads. So um, I think you'll always see in the first few rounds, you'll always see a mixture of players. And I don't think it's a, it's a disrespectful thing. It's just there's a lot of things you've got to take into account. We don't have 30-man rosters. You know what I mean? We don't have all those things. So you've got to manage minutes. But everybody takes this tournament very serious. It's just a matter of how do you balance out league play, U.S. Open Cup, you know what I mean, League Cup coming up the road. There's a lot of things as a coach you've got to manage. And – uh and sometimes you got to take a few risks. 
Marcelo Babel, a former uh, U.S. national team defender, member of the National Soccer Hall of Fame, continues to join us. He's part of the team with uh, MLS Season Pass. We're getting to the part of the season where teams are going to start seeing St. Louis for a second time. They see Portland at home when they played in Portland earlier this year. They got a 2-1 victory. How much will things change and how much more challenging will it be? St. Louis has a little bit of a unique system. Teams weren't super familiar with it early on in the year. Now there's film, and now there's playing them for a second time. Does that make it that much tougher for a city to continue to find success? No, I think uh, everybody has their scouting. Everybody prepares for what they see over the over the weeks. Now it comes down to: is can you get it done on the field? You know, I mean, can you take advantage of a mistake from a defender or a forward? Can you hit somebody in a transition moment and quickly counter on them? So. Um, I think it's maybe a little easier now because the first time they played, there wasn't a lot of film. There wasn't a lot of anything. Now you've got nine, 10 games under your belt. You can kind of see tactically what they can do, what they can't do. You're looking at uh, injury reports, who's healthy, who's not healthy. What are the possible lineups? And you can prepare now for a few, a few different scenarios. So I almost look at it like it's a little bit easier now because players can go back and watch video of what Portland's done over the last few weeks. And the same thing, Portland can look at what Seattle or uh, St. Louis has done over the last few weeks. You are uh, the, uh, a Spanish language uh, analyst for MLS season pass. First season of, uh, of this package. Hopefully MLS fans and city fans have uh, subscribed to this because not only does it get you all the matches across the entire league, uh, but there's a lot of additional content uh, beyond that. How much have you just enjoyed being part of this really brand new thing with uh, that MLS and Apple have done together? Ah, you know what? It, it was it was a long time coming. Where it was a lot of local broadcasts and different ways of of uh, showing the game, and now it's uniformed. It's worldwide. People can see it all over the world with Apple TV. Uh, to be able to get the MLS season pass and to be able to watch all the games, so there's a lot of bonuses between MLS and MLS Next and MLS Next Pro. So it's been it's been awesome. I got to be honest with you. It's fun. This is my second time here in St. Louis, and we've been all over the country trying to doing games for for Apple TV, and it's been awesome. What's your uh, What's your thoughts on on the stadium? Obviously, it's it's beautiful. What when you hear people talk about the stadium and even the entire complex and everything that city has built? Uh, could have they? Uh, it's just for from our perspective here in St. Louis, we love it and we just think it's amazing. It's listen. I've I've been all over MLS, and uh, it's it's one of the top venues that I've seen, alongside with the practice field right on the other side of the street. Uh, I look forward to it. Last time we were here, we had a tornado, a two and a half hour tornado delay, <laughs> so it was kind of <laughs> it was a little freaky. But uh, I look forward to tomorrow night, some good weather and a packed house. So I'm excited to see how it looks. Hey, Marcelo, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Anytime, big time. We'll see you guys mañana. All right, very good. That is uh, Marcelo Balboa, uh, one of the top soccer players ever to play uh, the game. Mentioned that he's a member of uh, the National Soccer Hall of Fame, and uh, he's on the uh, Spanish language broadcast there on MLS Season Pass, all part of uh, Apple TV. All right, we'll take a break, and when we return, we're going to uh, jump back into the Cardinals and talk a little bit about their starting pitching. Where is it at right now? Adam Wainwright is going to be making a return in the relatively near future, but he's still got one more uh, rehab start start to go. What does this team do with starting pitching? We'll discuss that coming up in just a moment. It's Graybar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. KMOX. 
Hi, I'm Paul Goldschmidt. Hi, I'm Miles Michaelis. I'm Adam Wainwright, and you're listening to the voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. It's the Cards and Dodgers tonight. Amron Total Access 815. First pitch, 910. KMOX is Cardinals Radio. continues right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauly. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. You can also uh, tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauly on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Coverage of Cardinals baseball tonight. It is set to begin at 8-15 for a 9-10 first pitch. Uh, the Cardinals sending Jack Flaherty to the mound tonight. I would argue I am I am an eternal optimist. I look uh, I am a uh, glass half full kind of person. I, I treat most aspects of my life that way. So that's how I handle most everything else. Maybe that's part of why I'm so confident and have the belief that uh, the Cardinals are going to get things turned around. But I tend to be a fairly positive person. At least I try to be. Um, when you look at the starting pitching right now for the Cardinals and the overall numbers for starters, still not great. I'm not going to lie to you. But when you kind of look at the direction that it, the, the trend is starting to go, I would argue, and I think I'm right, that starting pitching is performing at a higher level. Now, is it performing at the level that you want it to perform for all season long? No. But is it performing at a higher level? Yes. I thought yesterday's start for Miles Michaelis was really important. He had to have one of those starts where he was really good, like he, where he looked like vintage Miles at some point. It just could not continue to be something where you were kind of picking for the positives, where the positives kind of slap you in the face. And that's what happened yesterday. So you look at Michaelis. That was real, honestly, that was his first, like a really big, good step. He had taken some. Small, some baby steps forward, but that was a big step. So that's good to see he's trending uh, in the right direction, to be sure. And then you have Jack Flaherty, who's been pretty good pretty much all season. He had the walk issues early on. Uh, You have Jordan Montgomery, who's been pretty good most of the season. He had that one blow-up start, but outside of that, he's been very good, and you're not going to get too terribly concerned about one negative start. Jake Woodford was fine his last time out. He's probably somebody who doesn't have a a long time left in the rotation. The one guy that you can continue to really be concerned about is Steven Matz. He just has not put it all together yet, which honestly, it's it's a surprise for me. I I thought Matz was going to be a guy who was going to take a really big step forward and have a really good year. And so far, I'm wrong on that one. Uh, maybe he gets it going. John Denton had previously reported that the Cardinals were considering skipping him in his next start. That's changed a little bit, and the reason that has changed is because the Cardinals made the decision for Adam Wainwright to get one more rehab start. We talked about it with Alex Coyle earlier. He is going to make a rehab start for Memphis coming up on Sunday. Now, the in a in a perfect world. He would have had those two double-A starts, and he would have been good to go. But for whatever reason, the Cardinals feel like he does need one more minor league rehab start. Uh, and Denton has now said that any thought of skipping a Steven Matz in the rotation, that thought has now kind of been pushed to the side, at least for this next time through, because you don't have Wainwright back yet. 
Uh, Wainwright's expected to throw about 90 pitches coming up on Sunday. He threw 74 on Tuesday for uh, for Springfield. They were happy with where his velocity was at, which is important. Uh, I guess Wainwright really kind of politicked or tried to get himself back right away, but the organization wants him to uh, get one more rehab start in. Thought it was interesting. He's he's very active on social media. Uh, after his last rehab start on Tuesday, Katie Wu of the Athletics sent out just kind of the uh, the innocuous tweet with his numbers, uh, like a lot of reporters did, and finished that off with Cardinals are still deciding if Wainwright will pitch a third rehab outing. He responded to that tweet, and as you might expect, because social media can be a toxic place, um, he read the he did what you're not supposed to do. He read the replies. And he responded to Katie and said, looking forward to proving every last one of you underneath this wrong. Thanks for the motivation. There's a balance. Read the comments and get depressed or read the comments and put the war paint on. See you soon. So I thought that was interesting. It's a reminder, by the way, if you want to be a a, a human being who talks to people the way you should talk to people, when you tweet something out, about somebody, there is a chance that they will see it. And if you wouldn't say it to their face, you shouldn't say it on Twitter. You shouldn't say it on social media. That's always my thing when I'm when I'm tweeting something out and I'm thinking about do I press do I press the sin button or not? One of the first questions I say to myself is, would I say this to some to anybody face-to-face, if I'm talking about somebody, whatever it might be, is this something I'd be willing to say to them if they're standing right in front of me? And if the answer is no, then I delete that tweet and I don't send it. So there's there's your being a nice human being on social media lesson for the day. But it's interesting because you know people do what they do on social media. They went off on them, and he had a response to it, which was interesting. All right, uh, we are done with hour number one of the program. A lot coming up in hour two. That's next right here on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.